From the Chattanooga Area Chamber of Commerce, I'm Jeremy Henderson. And I'm Christy Gillenwater, and this is Chattanooga Works. Okay, personal sharing time, listeners. When we started Chattanooga Works, we definitely had a sense of what we wanted to accomplish, the kinds of stories we wanted to tell, but that vision has, without question, evolved. To say that it's been a learning experience would be putting it mildly, so it's really refreshing to have a panel with us today who can relate. They're all Chattanoogans, and they're all in the podcasting trenches with us. If you aren't already listening to their shows, you should be. So let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Matt Busby, and I run the Camp House podcast, uh, which is a community-focused podcast. You know, in the profile you guys did, it was so perfect. Um, it, our, the 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 topics vary considerably as to what we talk about. Hi, I'm Autumn Whit Boyd. I am the host of the Legal Roadmap podcast. We are aimed at business owners, and we talk about. Um, all kinds of legal issues that they might face as they're growing a sustainable and profitable business. We do some interviews and some just more teaching episodes, so it's a variety. And I'm Emily Thompson, co-founder and co-host of the Being Boss podcast, where my co-host and I talk about mindset, boundaries, habits, and routines for creative entrepreneurs. Um, And we also published a book on all those topics in April of this year. And my name is Henley Schimpf. I am the producer of the Made in Chattanooga podcast. And this podcast is all about featuring innovators and creators in the Southeast. And so we've brought in a few local members of the chamber folks here, um, and just a few others around town. And each episode has an interview about you know what's going on in Southeast and then also a musical act. Uh, my name is Mickey Cloud, and I work with Henley um, at VaynerMedia. We put together the podcast because we've been super bullish on the podcasting space for the past several years. Our CEO, Gary Vaynerchuk, has like a top 50 podcast, I think, in iTunes right now, if you go look at it. Um, And we decided it was time for us to eat our own dog food. Um, And so we launched a podcast called it Made in Chattanooga. We feature an innovator, as Henley said, in every episode. We also feature a creator in every episode because advertising is that cross-section between math and art and business and creativity. And so we are showcasing talent in Chattanooga that is doing awesome things in both innovation and business, innovation and creativity. Uh, and it's it's been a lot of fun to, to get off the ground this year. Eat our own dog food. I'm still in that one. <laughs> All right. Thank you all for being here. Uh, Mickey, you you mentioned this a little bit about why you guys got into this, but I'd like to hear from the rest of you. Um, I think I can classify all of you as early adopters. Um, why did you get in, decide to get into podcasting in the first place? I had a big magic moment. This is Emily here. And um, a couple of years ago, I was doing some business planning. I think it might have even been a dream in the middle of the night. I had this idea that I needed to start a podcast and I needed to start it with my friend and what we call business bestie, Kathleen, um, to do a podcast where we were publishing the conversations that we were having privately. So she was living in Oklahoma City at the time. I was living in Florence, Alabama. We were both running these creative businesses. I was doing websites. 
she was doing branding and we were trying to do it on our own. We were getting together every single month to have these conversations about what it was like to be working creatives in these fields and especially in the online business world. And we found so much value in those conversations. We thought and hoped that maybe other people who were in the same boat would find value in them as well. So we decided to start publishing those conversations to a podcast we were calling Being Boss. And it ended up being an amazing hit. And it grew really quickly. It called on really quickly. Um, and we've been doing it ever since. This year, we'll wrap up four years of publishing every single week. Um, and we do have the book that came out of it as well. We also do vacations and digital products. Um, we've really built a brand around helping creatives build businesses. But it all came from a big magic moment. If you're familiar with the book from uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, it's this idea that you just have an idea and it seems like a good idea um, and you do it. And it's like a spark of inspiration that, you know, sort of opens up the world to possibility. And that for me, what it was, which is not tangible or concrete well, in any way, but that's how it happened. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to dive in because exactly your story, Emily, is exactly why we started our own podcast, but are also talking about clients um, working, you know, whether they're in the B2B space or the B2C space about why a podcast is such a great opportunity. I'm sure as a result of the brand you've built over the past four years, putting out content every single week, your business and your bestie, uh, yes, Kathleen. <laughs> Kathleen, have both of your businesses probably have just taken off. You've talked Absolutely. about new revenue streams. You've talked about new products, new services. You've gotten your brand out there. You've built a, a business off of really just turning conversations that you were already having, you were documenting what you were already doing in your life and converting it into content that where people are paying attention and you've your business, I am sure of it, has boomed because of it. Absolutely. And the interesting thing is we've talked many times about how we could have written this right. content as blog posts or, you know, in any other format, and it would not have hit home as well as it did as a spoken conversation. So yes, podcasting was, it was something we got in on pretty early. I think at the time, people were just kind of like getting into serial and invisibilia, like those first couple of really big podcasts. But it definitely wasn't what it is today. And I'm so grateful that we got in on it when we did. I love hearing that story. This is Autumn. So I'm a lawyer. I work with a lot of online and e-commerce businesses. I actually started my own law firm in 2015, right around the time the Being Boss podcast launched. And I was already a big podcast listener. So that was one of my first favorites as I was building my business that kind of introduced me to this whole world of running a business on the internet kind of virtually, which is how I run my law firm. So about a year later, I was struggling with writing blog posts. I'm a lawyer. I'm super detail-oriented. So it would take <laughs> me a day to write a blog post because I wanted it to be just right. And that was just such a huge um, time investment. I was also doing some podcast interviews. So I've been on Being Boss. I've been on some other business interviews. And I really enjoyed it. And I thought it kind of naturally built on some of my strengths. I love to chat with people. Um, I'm very comfortable in front of the microphone. And so when I was trying to figure out a content strategy for my business to do marketing, it felt very natural. Um, and we can talk in a little bit about some of the tech challenges and getting started. Um, it was definitely not as easy as just sitting down and writing a blog post, but it's been really wonderful. And now I think people use iTunes as a search engine. Mm -hmm. And I just a couple months ago had my first client come to me who literally go. typed trademark into the search bar, found my podcast, listened, hired me. I didn't have a phone conversation with her. We didn't email. It was instant. And I think it's because with a podcast, you really get to know someone. You get, get such a feel for their personality and what it would be like to work with them. 
Well, with the camp house, it's interesting. I think what we've done and what we've created or what we try to create is really just a value add for the broader uh, community of Chattanooga. Because the whole point of the camp house to begin with is to be a, a place and a space that creates and cultivates culture and community within Chattanooga. And so we're this third space where you have this incredible diversity of people coming together each and every day, whether that's for meetings, to get work done, for you know cultural events. And so what I began to realize a, few, a couple of years ago is my job as the director of the camp house, I, I was slowly becoming a glorified networker. And so I would hear about somebody working on X in Chattanooga and then somebody else talking about it, and I would end up connecting those people. And so really the podcast just became a way for me to sort of take the conversations and the level of community that was happening within our third space and, and really expose the entire community to that. So the whole point of the, of the podcast is really to, you know, uh, hopefully connect, inform, and inspire people about everything that's happening in Chattanooga, whether that's local elections, whether that's uh, an entrepreneur doing something really new and creative, uh, whether that's, you know, things as random as form-based code. You know, I want people to understand what's happening here in their community. Your form-based code episode was one of my favorites. <laughs> it? Thank you. And it's something I never would have been curious about. Yeah, and I, I think we all, we all, you know, listen to each other, learn from each other, um, which, which has been great. I, I know personally, uh, full disclosure, my primary qualification for creating this podcast is that I listen to an unhealthy amount of podcasts. <laughs> um, and my boss was basically like, look, stop talking about them and go make one. So here we are. So you all, you all got in pretty early. Um, what advice would you have for people um, who are considering starting a podcast? I think my best piece of advice is to interview on podcasts. So get on other people's podcasts and figure out what it looks like, what the systems are like, what it feels like to voice your opinions, because a lot of people find it easy usually to write what it is that they have to say or portraying their point of view in a certain format. And sometimes it's not written, and especially in the online world, like we're all writers, it seems. Um, but the spoken word, especially like speaking into a microphone, like this is a very different way of sharing your point of view and your content. If you can practice on someone else's podcast before you do your own, you're going to gain some very valuable skills and lessons that you can bring into starting your podcast a little more quickly. I would also go into this, this is Mickey again. I would I would take it probably I would think of it really as a marketing strategy. So I would start with what's your business objective or what's your creative objective or what are you ultimately trying to achieve with this? Whether this is generate leads for your business, whether it's tell the stories of the community, whether it's uh, build a personal brand for yourself. Start there with what are you trying to achieve, um, and then figure out kind of what's your unique creative lens on that that you can uh, and what you have to say. And, and while it's I think there's technical and practical skills you have to be building. I think mapping out a little bit of what is our angle in. Um, for us, it was that kind of combination of we're going to we're gonna have just some really unique pairings of people, whether it's the mayor followed by, you know, a jazz hip hop musician, you know, on the same podcast. And it's going to be unique because that's what advertising is. It's kind of that magic of, of, of math, science and art. And so, um, you know, I think sh showcasing that was was our like once we cracked that, everything kind of mapped out from there. And so I think you having um, a really good knowledge of what you're trying to achieve with this, having a really good knowledge of who you are and what your skills and strengths are, and then ultimately kind of what's that unique point of view that you're gonna be able to bring to the space because let's all be clear, I mean like this is a huge growing space. I think there's such tremendous amount of opportunity at the long tail of podcasting. I don't think any of the six of us around this table think we're going to be 
Bill Simmons and have the largest podcast in the world, but none of us need that, quite honestly. It's you're getting business because you're there and because people are searching for uh, trademark in the iTunes store. And that's, you've capitalized, you've built that beachfront property on that on that platform and you're taking advantage of it because you were there early because you were there uh and creating valuable content for an audience that's getting traction over time so i think you know i think it's such a great tool um but you you do have to have a little bit of a a game plan going into it well i don't know if you guys have found this but um people want to be on podcasts yeah uh after we released the first episode we started receiving i you know i was worried about us being able to find (laughs) guests I don't think that's going to be a problem. <laughs> I delete hundreds of emails every week wow. from people wanting to come on our podcast. It is insane how many people are wanting to get into this space. Well, I think on that note, just something to add is, you know, I think if you're wanting to do a podcast, there are plenty of people, even the ones that aren't in this room who are doing podcasts in Chattanooga, um, that even just having the opportunity to shadow them when they're doing interviews, when they're doing editing, when they're doing marketing for their podcast and seeing the process that way. And then, you know, the other thing is, you know, Emily, at some point I'm expecting some sort of commission check because... um, (laughs) They have an awesome product called Podcast Like a Boss that I refer people to all the time as far as just really looking at nuts and bolts. Because um, I think within that product, you guys, I mean, it's, it's very thorough. It's one of the most thorough products I've seen out there. Thank you. I so appreciate that. I will tell my collaborators because <laughs> they will be absolutely thrilled. And I mean, yes, podcasting is, it's such a cool thing to do. And to be able to sit down and share your point of view, you know, in whatever arena it is. And with that spoken word, I think there's some magic there. People hearing your voice and your intention. So much gets lost in translation when you're writing things out. Um I'm I'm glad that you're finding or that people are finding that useful because I love this space. Not time. only not only is there nuance and storytelling that happens via the spoken word, it's also saving people time. Yeah, I mow my lawn every week and listen to like three podcasts while I'm doing it one and a half speed, right? So uh, my commute now, while it's not as long as it was when I lived in New York, um, you know, it's a seven minute commute now, but you know, I can get through a good interview or on, in the way, you know, back and forth. And so it's a, it's a medium that whether you're doing dishes and you've got it on via your Alexa speaker at home or whether you've just got your, your earbuds in, um, you can be doing other things and it's why it's taken off because people, time is the asset and we're delivering something that fits into their life, um, not it's a video or it's a, um, you know, that you've got to pay 100% attention to. Yeah, and just to add to that, I mean, that that as well as the genesis for the Camp House podcast, because we launched two years ago this month, and if you remember uh, the summer of 2016, that's when Chattanooga 2.0 was launched, right? And so I was having tons of conversations with people about education, but the only way for you to learn about Chattanooga 2.0 was to either read their 30-page document or read the opinion pieces within the within the paper. All of those are very valid things, but but the the number of people who can actually do that is incredibly limited. And so to have Jared Bigham on the podcast and within you know two 30-minute episodes to really have a human voice lay out the vision for what this is is supposed to be in our community uh, is is so much more powerful than trying to read a document where you can't hear inflection, you can't hear passion, um, all those things. So yeah, absolutely, I'm I'm bullish on this market because of the human voice factor. Well, I'm also curious uh, to hear from the, the rest of you guys uh, how you do you use the podcast as a gateway to other forms of content. And what I mean is you've got the episode, the interview, but then you could there could be a th- 
20-second, 30-second clip of a rant you go on during that thing that could become a piece of content that you could put out on Instagram, you know, YouTube, LinkedIn. It, you could transcribe and pull out the key themes that you discussed on that podcast and turn them into blog posts. How are you guys approaching that especially as like the producers and, and kind of the leads of, of your individual podcasts. Yeah. At being boss, we see the podcast and now the book as the very top of our funnel. Like yep. that is how people get into our brand. And then we funnel people down from there into all the other things that we're doing. We definitely will sometimes break apart clips and put them on Instagram, or we will take a guest and then have a webinar with them a couple weeks or like maybe even the week that their episode airs. Um, so we're definitely doing things like that as a way to pull people down into our brand and into our business and then even into our separate businesses uh, because we see podcasting as the entry point. It is the way in which people find us and learn about us and they always want to know more. And it is, uh, it is our job as you know those facilitators to tell them how it is that they can go further into the content that we're providing. Yeah, and I do exactly what you're talking about. The podcast recording, which I now I'm taking a Facebook Live and turning it into a podcast recording. And then that becomes a transcript that's on my website for SEO. It becomes, um, you know, it's a video. So if you like to watch video, you can watch the video. I personally, I'm, feel like I'm the old one. I hate watching video, but I know, <laughs> I know young people love videos. Um, and then we will also turn it into a weekly email newsletter. So we, you know, send it out through lots of different platforms, so we can get multiple touches from that one piece of content. Yeah, and then I think the the key part you said there was also you're taking clips and posting them to Instagram. I think that's something to to continue to explore, Autumn, in terms of hey, you know, that minute and a half you know, piece of conversation we had would be super valuable and we can put that on on Facebook, but then just that 20 second punchline yeah. could go on Instagram. And people love quote graphics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you guys do a great job fact. with that. That is fact. So every time we do an episode, the girl who does our show notes goes through and pulls out three to five, you know, yep. sort of mic drop quotes, and we turn them into quote graphics for Instagram. And or there's Pinterest. an emoji built right in for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, we always have like, have some <laughs> dancing gifs going on. It's super exciting. So, um, so yes, whenever you put as much energy as you do into producing a podcast, you want to get as much out of it as you possibly can. So, and there are tons of ways for you to pull little bits and pieces to share on other platforms, or again, pull people further into what it is that you're doing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a sign of how, uh, how much the podcast market is flourishing right now when you see these ancillary sort of products starting to come out. So, you know, we've recently started using a company called wave.com that allows you to pull clips and attach to images to make it incredibly easy to share on Facebook and Instagram. And so, yeah, as you see more and more, as, as the podcast continue to grow, it's becoming easier and easier to market your stuff. Well, and so, you know, we're the chamber of commerce. Um, we do a lot of things, and it's very difficult to uh, communicate all of those things to the public. Uh, so honestly, that that is the main mission behind this podcast. Um, thank you for getting Jared on the <laughs> mic, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, case in point number one. So I'm curious, do you guys find that more people are finding out about you through your podcast than other methods? Absolutely, hands down here. I mean, we have, whenever we launched the podcast four years ago, Kathleen and I together had maybe you know, 5,000 people on our collective mailing list, like not super huge, but healthy. Like we were proud of them. Um, and now we have 55,000 downloads a week. I think of our podcast or even more of that or more than that sometimes. So just the fact that it's grown that much in four years and granted those people aren't on our mailing list, but just ears or eyes on what it is that we're creating. I don't think that, and I'll point out too that that is not mirrored in our email list. So if we had 
just had our email list or our Facebook group or whatever it may have been, um, it wouldn't have reached those numbers as easily. I definitely credit the podcast for really being the way that we can like cast out a large net and have people sort of get caught in it or find us because <laughs> of that. One, one of the best things for my business has been the cross-pollination that happens among podcasts. Once you're kind of in this world, people are really generous about inviting you on their podcast or, you know, if, if they know you're a podcaster, they know that you kind of know the drill and you're going to be a good guest. Um, and so going on other people's podcasts just increases your audience by, you know, 10, 100 fold. Every time I'm on someone else's podcast, I get an email or I get an inquiry. Hey, I heard you on so-and-so, loved what you're doing, or tell me more about this. I've had, I had someone yesterday start a meeting with us at, at Vayner <laughs> who, who said, uh, and was introducing us to kind of their team and said, consider this my audition to be on the Vayner <laughs> Media Made in Chattanooga podcast as part of the introduction and things like that. So yeah, I mean, hands down, I think we're, uh, we're, discovering and uncovering inbound interest that would not have been there um, just by having a website, just by having content out on different social media platforms or me speaking at the Rotary or whatever. I'm finding new pockets of people just even locally here in Chattanooga, let alone the internet. Right. And I, what I've been, the, the biggest surprise for me about the podcast is the fact that like at this point, on a monthly basis, I meet with people who just moved to Chattanooga. And the podcast was one of the first introductions to the city. Um, and so they end up coming to the camp house and, and reaching out and, and trying to get coffee. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, with what Autumn said, iTunes is absolutely a search engine at this point. Um, and so, yeah, we've get a, we get a lot of newcomers to Chattanooga um, that I end up meeting with, far more than locals, actually. So let's talk tech. Um, I feel like this is the most intimidating thing for people. Um, I'll start. I'll start off by plugging where we're sitting right now. Uh, if people don't know, we record this in the podcasting studio at the downtown branch of the public library. Um, it's available for pretty much anyone. They fill up fast, so I'll give you that warning up front. Don't try to take my slots. <laughs> but it is a it is a state of the art studio. It's really impressive, and it makes all of this a whole lot easier. This is beautiful and legit, if I can just second that. I wish my home studio looked half like this. Well, but I, I and I also want to, for, for those of you that record on your own, um, can you speak a little bit about setting all of that up? Well, I think jumping in here, um, so we actually record our podcast here as well. So I think one of the, to your point, one of the biggest things is that barrier to entry of understanding how to set up all of this stuff, how to run the programs that you use to edit and actually getting it out there. And when I came in, so I'm, I'm usually not the one on the mic, so this is pretty interesting. <laughs> um, but coming in, like I had no clue how to do any of this. And so one, it was just a genuine interest of mine to learn more about this. I've always been interested in music and sound, and so this was another platform of kind of how to mess around with that. Um, and so it's just jumping in and learning. Um, you know, you're going to mess up. You're going to figure out what works best for you. You're going to figure out, you know, editing, like what flow you have, and, you know, kind of narrow that down as you work. But I think the biggest thing is just getting started, you know, even if it's like, if you're recording at your home, you know, using GarageBand or whatever it is, or some free software, Pro Tools First is a free software that even I use on editing all of our stuff. Um, and just like a little mic that you get from Guitar Center or wherever. So I think it's pretty easy to just, the most important thing is just to get started. And I, a big shout out to Henley here, because when she said she had 
literally had never done this before. Like I was, but she was interested in it. That's all I needed to hear um, because I knew she would figure it out. And quite honestly, we just needed to get started. And so, um, you know, we, this is not at all within her job description at work of, you know, producing a podcast was not a line item or anything like that. Um, But she's, dove headfirst into it and helps us manage the, the calendar of guests and organizing all of that, which does take a good amount of work and then the editing and then learning all of this. And, and so um, it's, it's, it's definitely a skill set, but it's an acquirable skill set. I think if you've got passion and interest and determination and, and you're resourceful and curious the way Henley is. Yeah, I, I record here as well, in full disclosure. Um, however, when I started, I, I didn't have a studio space. And luckily, at that time, Lamppost did have a, a studio, studio space that I used. But when I kind of made the decision at the beginning of the summer of 2016 to, to run forward with a podcast, the, the beautiful thing is we live in a golden age of education. And so you can go onto YouTube and learn anything you want to learn. And so, um, so I watched probably a few hours worth of YouTube videos on how do I edit on GarageBand? Um, what kind of microphone do I need? And so, I, you know, I very very quickly bought a recording set off of Amazon for, you know, less than $300. And I had GarageBand on my computer. So so there is a barrier of entry. I, I think it's actually a whole lot lower than people think it is, especially compared to other mediums. It's not uh, buying it's not a video. radio station. Though. Right. <laughs> like, like, literally, I mean, yeah. like, like, that's what it would have been 15, 20 years ago is you had to buy a radio station yeah. to get this kind of distribution and content creation access. You don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, the world is flat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mic and a computer, right? That's pretty much it. And some headphones. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Whenever we started the podcast, my partner told me, I'll do it, but I'm not doing anything with the tech. She was like, so figure it out. <laughs> so I was designing and developing websites at the time, and tech has never really scared me. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. Let's see what happens. And we recorded the first you know, 25 episodes using our Apple EarPod headphones, which still to this day is kind of one of my favorite microphones. <laughs> as long as you don't jog with them, then they get scratchy. Um, and I edited it in GarageBand. Uh, we recorded using QuickTime, which comes standard on all Mac computers. We still just record on QuickTime. We edit with GarageBand. We do have fancier mics now. Um, but it wasn't until we were, you know, 25, 30 episodes into it that we decided to actually invest some money into getting a nice microphone and then outsourcing, you know, editing and show notes and things like that. So um, you can absolutely start with nothing. And same, I went to YouTube and I learned everything I needed to know. And those systems have still like carried us through now almost 200 episodes. Um, just with nicer mics. I'm probably the least techie of this group <laughs> as the lawyer, um, but I took the podcast like a boss course. Another shout out for that one. Thank um, you. It literally just kind of told me what I needed to know and kept, you know, kept it simple. So I actually outsourced editing right from the start because I knew that was going to be my thing that would keep me from actually getting it out into the world if I had to personally edit it. I had tried editing my own videos and it was always terrible. Um, so, you know, if that's not a skill set you have, you can hire editors, you can hire people to help you for not a lot of money. It's not, doesn't have to be a huge investment. Does everybody use GarageBand pretty much? I personally use Pro Tools either first. Um, so one, I don't have to pay. And then, uh, the studio here, as I said, that we use their program as well. They have the full Pro Tools, um, so with all the plugins and everything. And we just use that for mastering, which is the, for those of you who don't know, it's like the final step of editing the podcast uh eric my producer uses something i forget what it's ableton. called <laughs> um ableton. yes ableton that's it <laughs> um so uh quick around the table we're all podcasters here i know 
We listen to things besides our own show. If you could recommend one podcast for people to listen to, I'll go first. My favorite podcast in the world, probably. 99% Invisible with Roman Mars. If you're not listening to it and you have any interest in design, even if you, even if you don't have interest in design, really, it's a great show. Look it up. I really hate this question because podcasts, the beautiful thing about them, it, they are so contextual. So whatever your interest is, there is a great podcast on there. Um, so that being said, I love the Memory Palace and I can't stop listening to Strong Towns right now. Interesting. I need to make a list from these. Uh, so my, I gave this some thought because I listen to a zillion podcasts. I'm like you, every errand, every um, tour around the house, I'm always listening. Uh, but my current favorite is called Zigzag. It is a little meta because it's a podcast about people making a podcast. Uh, but it's a business podcast. It involves cryptocurrency. It has all kinds of current topics. So it's really, really fun. I highly recommend it. I'm the awful person who doesn't listen to <laughs> there podcasts. We go. Yeah. Okay, no, me too. It's okay. <laughs> okay, good, good. I'm glad it's not just me. So, uh, yeah, I don't really listen to podcasts. I have lots of friends now who are in podcasting. So if I'm grocery store shopping and I, you know, I don't want to be in my own head, but I do, I guess, I'll listen to some podcasts from friends of mine. Um, Biddy Tarot is run by Bridget Esselmont. She's a good friend of mine. So I always can count on hers to at least be interesting. Um, or um, Invisible Office Hours by my friends Paul Jarvis and Jason Zook. I'll listen to those occasionally, but I'm not very good at keeping up with them. And that's kind of about it. So you guys have all these, you know, business podcasts, you know, very like niche stuff. And, you know, like I said, I don't listen to podcasts too much. Um, you know, I listen to Made in Chattanooga about four or five times over as I'm editing. Um, but when I'm on, you know, like a long road trip, like I'm going to be on the road six plus hours today. So I listen to fun podcasts, something that, yeah, gets me out of my head. Um, so I think one of my favorite ones right now is Analyze This. It's from a YouTuber. And so it's just like, you know, She's funny, off the wall, um, and it's just her and her friend talking to, you know, random people um, all around the internet. And, you know, it's just like talking to a friend. So I think that's the best thing. Like, when I'm sitting alone in the car, like, I tend to talk to myself. So I think it's a little better if, you know, I have someone talking to me. So. Um, and this is, a, this is a difficult one for me because I, I'm the person who I just can't find enough time by myself to listen to all the podcasts I want to listen to. Um, and so... Um, my, my entry into this world was through uh, sports um, as a big-time sports person. So um, if you're a fan of the NFL, uh, the NFL Network has one called Around the NFL um, that is, I think, going on six years now. And I, I have, like, text threads with friends where we literally just talk about, like, that podcast. And, like, we they feel like – I mean, I feel like I've known them for six years now. Like, there's literally, you know um, – I, I, I nerd out with those guys. So I would say that's, that's at the top for me. Cause that was like the original love, uh, of mine when I, when I dove into the space. And last question, I guess for someone who is interested in being a guest, what would you say to them? Read the instructions. <laughs> <laughs> I think anyone who is um, who has guests has some things that you need to prepare whenever you show up for a podcast. And these things are there so that whenever you are there, you can just dive into the conversation. So make sure you've tested your microphone and your headphones. Make sure if you need any programs pulled up, you have them up. Um, follow the instructions once you're in. But to get there, have an intriguing pitch. The people who come on our podcast are not the people people who send the form letters where you can tell they just like 
copy pasted your name and your latest episode and said they listened to it. It's people who, um, it's people who have interesting stories about that time that they listened to you in the car and it changed the way they did something. Um, it's always out of the box, always very heartfelt and very real because any podcaster who's doing this gets tons of pitches. So make your pitch stand out. Yeah, this is honestly a PSA to hope <laughs> a little bit for of time. everyone who's going to pitch any of our podcasts. Yes, have a story. <laughs> yeah, you know that, that's what we're doing here is trying to tell stories. Don't tell me that you have a business that you want to plug. I know you have a business that you <laughs> yeah. want to plug. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Tell think, me the story about that yeah, business. I think that's the struggle with my podcast, too, is I, I get a lot of people who maybe have started a new business and they think, oh, this might be good on the podcast. And, and honestly, if it doesn't fit within the larger context of what's happening in our city, um, I'm, I'm not very interested in doing that. Uh, so a good example of this, I have a really good friend named Kevin Cherick who has a great business. I'm personally a client of his, and he wanted to come on the podcast. And I, was, and I, you know, I kind of told him, like, unless we can fit this into a larger narrative of the city, I you know, I'm not very interested in doing it. And so it, it's actually, we did a whole episode on, uh, what is it like to live as an entrepreneur? And so we actually walked through his story in the context of what is it that makes Chattanooga a great place to start a business in the context of the, the business that he started. And so um, so that was re- really good of trying how to fit those things together. So, so really, I guess the, the recommendation is understand what that podcast is, the story they want to tell, and figure out how you fit into that larger narrative. You got to listen to it first. <laughs> Amen. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you all for being here. This was great. Um, This is one of the most fun one of these I've recorded so far. (laughs) Great. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Yeah. Thanks for having having us. Chattanooga Works is a production of the Chattanooga Area Chamber of Commerce. It's hosted by me, Jeremy Henderson, and Christy Gillenwater. Production and music by Eric Lissica. Our executive producer is Sybil Topol, with editorial assistance from Amanda Ellis. That's going to do it for our show today. Join us next time when we'll be talking all things Startup Week with CoLab. Until then, work at Chattanooga. <laughs> <laughs>